Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. How's it going? This heat has broken. It's amazing. <laughs> it's always the weather with us, Kelly. We always start there. Oh, my God. Well, it's been 100 degrees with a heat index of 112 around here. And oh. so yesterday it came down to 90 and I walked outside and went, oh, this isn't so bad. <laughs> so you're getting used to it now, now that you've and been down so there a while. It's at 63 and I'm super excited. Oh, my goodness. All right. You got, you got cooler than us. We're not quite that low yet. Yeah. So... We have another face with us here today. We do. Do you want to introduce our guest? I really do. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Lisa Campion. And Lisa and I have been friends since, oh my God, like 2006, 2007. And the funny thing is, is that we haven't talked in probably a decade. Not because we fell out. We just sort of wandered off on our very busy lives and, and just never got back to it. And a listener of the podcast, who is a student of Lisa's, actually wrote to us and said, if you guys don't know each other, you really should, and you should <laughs> trade episodes. And we looked at each other and went, yes, we actually do know each other. And oh my God, it's so great to see you. And you have a podcast? I didn't know. Neither did I. And there we go. And so here we are. Thank you so much for that connection. I don't know uh, how long she's been studying with you. She's been studying for a couple of years. She's been in, in the energy medicine school and also one of my psychic development students. So it was so fun. It was such a, it's such a cool, small world, you know. Lisa is the Dean of Student yeah. for the Reese Thomas School of Healing. And I haven't been through the school, but I've talked to several people who have, and they speak 
very highly of it. When I listened to what it was they were learning, I was suitably impressed. Hmm. Lisa's badass in, in the healing arts. She's also badass in the psychic skills department. And uh, I'll let you tell a little bit more about exactly what you do there. Sure. Yeah. So I, I started working as a psychic when I was 19, which I kind of can't believe that I did that. But you know, when you're 19, you just think you can, you just do it. You just do what you're really doing. And you're like, wow, this will work, you know? Sure. Why not? <laughs> so I've been, I, I do psychic readings, counseling and energy healing, sort of mash it all up together in my, I have a private practice here in Massachusetts. I also have a radio show on Empower Radio called The Miracle of Healing. I teach psychic development. I teach Reiki. I've written a book called The Art of Psychic Reiki. So beautiful. It is very pretty. (laughs) And it's actually a bestseller and kind of kicking booty on the I know. Kind of kicking booty on the sales charts. It's into its third or fourth printing now. Nice. Yeah. And I'm working on my second book now, which is going to be called Energy Healing for Empaths. That's going to be coming out in December of 2020. A lot going on. Yeah. A lot of my listeners are empaths. Yes. Such an important topic. It really is. It really is. And so today we're actually going to be talking about another important topic, which is energy vampires. You love this topic. And and I have a bit of a, you know, twist on it. So I'm going to shake you up a little bit with the (laughs) that I have on it. Okay. (laughs) And, uh, and I hope our, our listeners too. So I think it's certainly really interesting. I think for empaths because empaths are the ones that tend to get drawn into relationships with energy vampires. It's a little like two sides of the same polarity, sensitives on one side and narcissists on the other side. And you can sort of swap out energy vampire with the word narcissist. And, you know, a lot of people are, are looking at this empath narcissist spectrum right now and seeing themselves in those relationships. And, and I think their empaths are really waking up. So this is a time when people are really understanding their gifts, if they're getting more sensitive, they're getting more psychic. And empaths to me are really meant to be healers, you know, so as we understand them being an empath as being very able to feel what other people are feeling emotionally, and also what they're feeling in their body, we can see how that's like a built in MRI x ray machine for healers, right? right. And at, we all have a unique way that we're going to express that or what we're meant to do with it. But so we're healers and we get attracted sometimes to people that need healing and draw them in. And so there can be a beautiful and mutually beneficial interaction between empaths and energy vampires. The dance between the empath and the energy vampire can be beneficial for both people if they're willing to work on it. So that's interesting to talk about. I also want to talk about some spiritual kung fu and maybe what we need to do if you've got one that you really can't work with and you just need to set a boundary. So, okay, I want to set some sort of foundational stuff for the listeners just to make sure that we're talking about the same thing. You mentioned energy vampires and narcissists. Is that what you would call an energy vampire is just another word for a narcissist? It's one type. So I I really think there's a couple of different types of um, energy vampires, sort of not a one size fits all, you Mm -hmm. know, and I often will take a less blamey view on the energy (laughs) vampire concept because I, I think that most of us just don't learn how to manage our energy very well. We don't, we're not taught this, how to do this. We don't know how to source our energy. So we're all sort of energy starved and we all have a bad habit of stealing energy from any source we get. We might steal it from other people. We might steal it from caffeine and sugar. We might steal it from, I don't know, you know, just the crazy life that we live. So we all sort of suck at it, you know. And And that goes for empaths and vampires we just we can't control it they're the worst you know offenders and i i see like a lot of so 
So burned out empaths are one category of, of energy vampire. You know, I think that there are pre- very predatory energy vampires that really go into sort of like the cluster B continuum, you know, this a psychiatric diagnoses that, that are really like sociopaths or psychopaths, con artists. They're predatory and they're thankfully fairly rare and they're not in a way, somebody that's willing to work on themselves, you know? I hate to say they're irredeemable because I never really think anyone's irredeemable, but they often aren't motivated to work on themselves because they don't see that there's a problem with the way they are. If there's a problem, it's clearly you, and you should run off and fix your stuff and, you know, just notice how perfect they are and then everything will be fine again. (laughs) Um, And then, then we also have a type of, which is much more common, sort of the needy type of energy vampire. They can be people that are just still very aligned to their victim status. They can be people that are really actually going through very, very difficult times and they don't mean to be energy vampires, but they're really just up against it. And they're they're trying they're hustling and trying to make it through the day and they're not coming from life on a very empowered footing. And it's not like they wake up and say, How am I gonna suck the life out of Kelly today? you know? <laughs> But mostly they don't do that. The really psychopathic ones, they might. I did a like 2,500 energy scans in the course of two years. And uh, yeah, and uh, one of the things that I discovered was that there was a pattern amongst people who come from challenged childhoods, which is yeah. a lot of the people I deal with, of what I refer to as sort of the energetic fetal position where they've cut off their crown and root chakras and they've shut them mm-hmm. down and it's your defensive posture, which yeah. is great for a 15 minute, you know, I've got to protect myself, but it becomes a default pattern. And when you do that, you have no option but to steal energy from other sources because you have no connection to source. Just because someone's an energy vampire doesn't make them a bad person. Right. It just means that they don't understand what they're doing in a lot of cases. It's totally Um, true. I do have one funny story from the Renaissance Fair because there was a woman there who was an unabashed energy vampire. She told everyone. (laughs) <laughs> and she was like, yes, I'm an energy vampire. And, and I had an apprentice at the time and I introduced him to her to having just explained what energy vampires were about and how to protect himself and whatnot. And she unabashedly introduced herself as an energy vampire. And I said, okay, great. And she said, oh, you're learning healing. Oh, well, take a look at my arm. You know, look at my wrist. It's always been a problem. It's always been a thing. Can you know, take a look at it. And he's looking at it and he's like, yeah, I don't really see anything. She's like, no, 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 look deeper. The whole time she's stealing his energy as he's setting his intention into her wrist. And I didn't say anything because clearly he, he needs warm, a magic lesson because I told him up front. And yeah. so this went on for like four or five minutes where she's like insisting, no, 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 look closer, look closer. And then she just gets up and leaves after he couldn't find it. She's like, oh, well, well, maybe somebody else will find it. And she wanders off. And he looks at me and like two minutes later, he's like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I have to go home. I don't understand. I was fine a minute ago. I'm like, well, you just handed all your energy to the energy vampire. I don't know why you would think that you would have any left. <laughs> <laughs> like, I what? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I know there, there are some people that really identify that way. So it's so funny because I was on coast to coast actually on this topic did a radio show with George Nori. Who knew? Um, I know. That was definitely the, the highlight of my radio career. But it's a call-in show, you know? And so people were calling in telling me that they really self-identify as an energy vampire. And there's this whole sort of vampiric community, even down to blood drinkers. You know, people wow, who really? really like consciously choose that as a lifestyle. And they were sort of 
grateful to me because I wasn't throwing them under the bus. Like you're automatically horrible if you're doing this because it's such an interesting topic trying to figure out like, you know, where they're coming from? Why are they doing it? And I mean, I do think we cause a lot of harm to each other when we're unconscious about this. Yeah. And that that needs to be talked about. And that hopefully like one of the things that I'm doing in this new book is teaching empaths how to source energy from legitimate places so that we can all break the habit of stealing energy unconsciously. Let's not, let's just not be unconscious if we can about yeah. this. Mm-hmm. And there are some energy vampires out there that will steal your energy as a power play and yeah. as a way to dominate you. And it's yeah. like, oh, here, I'm just going to suck this energy from you. So you're going to be too tired and too exhausted and, and not understand why you don't have the power you had a minute ago. Right. And, you know, the predatory types really are dangerous and they can be very debilitating to people and they really will take your money your time your resources your attention your life force energy the food in your fridge the gas in your car like there's no end to the the ways that they can do it and they are very calculating so they i think that they're quite psychic actually and they kind of will zero in on somebody they think of as a good supply you know a battery and they're good at sort of love bombing or hooking you they know just where to hook you and and then they take what they can take and when you are empty or dead or when you've had enough and you end the relationship there they sort of um without remorse move on to the next person and 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 this is what i was talking about about sort of the cluster b personality disorders you know and thankfully they're rare like there's just not that many you know and i know i'm sure your listeners everyone's got a story about the hit and run with one of these types, but I don't think there's, it's much more common that we're running into somebody that's unconsciously, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they say that psychopaths are 1% of the population. Yeah. People are percent. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about right. Well, when we talk about energy vampires and you talk about empaths and things like that, are the people who are empathic or highly sensitive, are they more prone to draw the energy vampires to them because they have a harder time sort of containing their energy spheres is that yes. something that is that like bait <laughs> yes i think it is and i think they're tar- they're targeted so there there's sort of this natural polarity that happens between them anyway empaths and energy vampires and there's a lot of ways to look at that we can just see there's resonance because they're on very opposite ends of the the spectrum of this polarities continuum i think that sometimes those people are drawn to empaths because they're wounded, they're sort of wounded or not feeling so great. And empaths are healers. Mm -hmm. And there can be like, I see this all the time where there's growth possible for both people. So empaths, when they're connected with somebody like that are called on to become more narcissistic. Psychologists call it healthy narcissism. It's what's in the middle of this continuum. And we just call it having good self esteem and being able to set a good clear boundary. So empaths sometimes need stimulation. It's like, the friction of going a few rounds in a ring with somebody like that will help them set more healthy boundaries. And that the narcissist or the energy vampire needs to take a step towards the empath and learn some empathy to get some healing to learn as they become more like each other, there's potential for both people to heal. And I think yeah. it's, it happens quite frequently and it's a beautiful thing when that happens. I know a lot of our listeners are into sort of the spirit world and things like that. And so mm-hmm. can spirits be energy vampires too? Yes, a lot. They can be. So definitely stuck dead people. So ghosts can do that. 
In fact, I think that's why we feel cold when they're around, because they'll come around and they'll take our life force energy in order to manifest something, you know, so they need a little power boost and they like human energy. They like electrical energy, which is why they, they flicker lights and things and why it's always a dark and stormy night. <laughs> when the light, you know, when the lightning flashes, we, they can manifest. That's true. So we can have stuck dead people around us that are really draining us. And we can also have non-human entity type spirits that are parasitic in nature. And they run the gamut from, you know, like ticks or fleas, like not very powerful, not very intelligent, um, just annoying to downright diabolical in anything in between. And how would one protect oneself from that? Um, I think addicts need to be particularly careful. I've never met an addict that didn't have many entities on them, sort of layers and layers. So especially using heavy drugs or heavy alcohol, they're very prone to collecting these. And I think having a good boundary, so working on your energy field, I think it's sort of like raising your vibration, healing your trauma. You know, you talked about people who have trauma. So when we have a lots of trauma, which is their unprocessed emotion and trauma, which is their food, and we have a weak boundary of a rip or hole or tear in your energy field, you know, I would say you have to have a like demon sized hole in your energy field to have a demon, and, you know, in there and, and you do. So working on the healing inner work that we have to do and working on boundaries, because it's all about boundaries. And once you know how to set a boundary, it doesn't matter if, the, if it's a person or a dead person or an entity. Once you have a good boundary and a high frequency, you're not attractive. They just look for easier targets. Okay. So do energy vampires know that they're actually energy vampires? I know you said some of them do, some of them don't. Could we be energy vampires and not even realize it? Very likely. Really? Yes. Very likely. So, and, and it's sort of the burned out empaths that I see the most problem with this where they're sort of likely to be casting stones oh my god those horrible energy vampires are out to get me and they can be the worst i'm sorry like all you have someone to hold your little hands so i tell you this but you can you gotta like look in the mirror before you start heaving garlic and silver around so just like let's make sure we're not doing that and yeah so many people are horrified to know that they might be an energy vampire hmm. they don't who wants to think that they are right um, except the super predatory types, and they, they're sort of proud of it, really. But the rest of us, we, we don't know. So a good indicator would be if you're feeling worn out all the time, if you're feeling exhausted all the time, if you're feeling overdone, overwhelmed, you're probably burned out. Yeah. That puts you in a position to be an energy vampire. It does. So there's a kind of energy vampire that I, in my book, I talk about situational energy vampires. Okay. They're average people that are really, you know, not having a great time. Maybe you're going through a divorce. Maybe you're, you know, if you've got a health diagnosis or a really bad health situation, or you're just in a point in your life where you're really up against it. And we've all had those times, you know, and when we have friendships where there's more of a mutual exchange between people, they don't mind so much. They know we're, we're having a time, it's going to clear, and then we're going to be there for them. Like that's sort of a healthy energy exchange that we have between people. That happens a lot. And that sometimes people, there are other people that have sort of more of a habitual, like the really big to me vampires have more of a habit of mm -hmm. constantly being in that state. They often don't know that they are uh, victim vampires. We use often guilt as a manipulative tool. Do you know what I've done for you? Don't you understand? Like I almost died giving birth to you. Like, you know, whatever the 
story is about how we need to be a supply for them. And many, many of my listeners have that experience with parents who were and demanding of their energy. Yeah. Or we can have as parents, we have children that are like that. And, you know, or we have a spouse that's like that, or I don't know, a boss, like they can be any in any aspect of our life. These are not just romantic relationships. They're any kind of relationship that we have. And one of the tools that I recommend that you do is something called the resentment inventory. So at some point after the show, get out your journal or or some paper and write down everything in your life that you feel resentful about in any category at work, at home, whatever, wherever it is, because resentment is a red flag that we need to set a boundary. We're giving more than we're receiving in that circumstance or in that relationship. And really our boundary is totally on us. Nobody gives whatever about your boundary except for you. In fact, everyone else has a stake in you not having a great one. It's better off for everybody if your boundary is terrible. And when you start setting a boundary, they don't always like it. We train people how to treat us and we can retrain them with some, it's difficult, but we can. And if you are habitually overgiving, you're going to feel resentful. So that's a good red flag for you to be like, I need to step back and reset my boundary here. No one's ever going to do it for you. In fact, it's quite empowering to know that you're the boss of your boundary. You're in charge of when you need to say yes and no to things. Other people will like it or they won't like it, but ultimately you've got to take charge of this part of your life. And when you do, we stop being energy vampires and we stop being prey to them as well. So there are relationships that we have in our lives where there's an exchange of energy that comes just naturally. And that that sounds like it's it's an element of energy vampire, but like you said, it's sort of that situational thing where I'm in a bad place, my friends are supporting me, um, mm-hmm. and I'm taking energy from them, but then those are go- that's going to change. They're going to get energy from me. It's sort of a, a mutual um, right. type exchange. But are there other ways for us to sort of derive energy in healthy ways that we're not sapping the people around us that we love and care about? Oh. Absolutely. This is something that Kelly knows a lot about. (laughs) So things like pulling energy in from, you know, from the heavens, from cosmic energy, pulling energy up from the earth. So doing guided meditation, when she talked about the crown and root chakra being blocked in people, that's that's what's prevented from happening. So we have a constant supply of life force energy available from the planet and from the heavens. We, we can do things like Reiki. We do things like spiritual practice, meditation, and yoga, where we're able to connect to this. Mm-hmm. And then we have, uh, we have other things like sunlight, so good, running water, the elements, working with the elements can be very filling, things like magic. You know, and whatever spiritual practice or spiritual life that you have is a great place. I'm a huge fan of play. Play is very underrated and very restorative to the soul. So when I'm not doing psychic stuff, I'm doing ballroom dancing, tango, baby. It's all about that. (laughs) Play, creativity, all kinds of connecting with nature, being in a community of people is also beneficial. There's a lot of things, I'm sure. That's just a very thin skin skimming of all the things you can do. But I think we all need some kind of spiritual practice, some kind of community or tribe, some kind of creative endeavor, and some what? And some sunlight. <laughs> Always need the sunlight. I yeah. couldn't have said it better. Yeah. In fact, we'll add into the show notes, I have a tree meditation that is a great way for you to open your crown and root chakras. And usually I only 
give that out to the people on my in my program, but I will put it up on the podcast for you guys listening to this episode. It'll be there in the show notes so that you can, if you think you're an energy vampire, that'll, that'll help open right. up that crown and root chakra. Fantastic. That's a great idea. Awesome. Yeah. And I have a little, it's a four, it's not little, it's a four hour video class for managing your energy for empaths that I would also like to give to your listeners. It's fantastic. A good one. That's awesome. That's awesome. They'll, they'll love that because uh, many of them have done my boundaries for empaths program. And so I'm sure that's going to expand and blow it out of the water and make it, make it even more. Okay. So that'll be great. Kelly, did you have any other questions that you wanted to ask? Um, I do actually, I want to talk about sex. <laughs> Yay! So many people don't talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. I'm writing chapter five in my new book, which is all about love and sex. And it's so so on my mind right now. Perfect. So yeah, I want to talk about sex because sex is one of the ways in which we exchange energy on a regular basis. And I assume, you know, based on your writings and what we've been talking about, that, that it can be problematic if you're having sex with an energy vampire. Yes. So sex, thank you so much for talking about this. It's so important. And I think that sex is the primary way that we lose energy and steal energy from each other. It's the easiest way. It's the most powerful way. You know, we're, we're so swapping everything in sex. So we're exchanging body fluids. We're exchanging energy fields. We're all up in each other's chakras. We might be actually inside of each other's bodies in, a, in particular ways. You know, so all of those things provide incredible opportunities for energy exchange, you know, so we're constantly trading and swapping energy. And when we go into an energy exchange like that, and it's very similar if we're doing healing work, sitting and having coffee, but sex is like times 100, the the amount of energy that's exchanged, right? When we go into an energy exchange with somebody, the person that has the higher energy is going to lose energy. It's like the way energy flows, it's always trying to reach equilibrium. So the higher vibration, the more energy person will donate energy to a lower person that has a lower energy field. And then that person will, will swap. So we swap and trade energy with each other, almost like you swap blood. It's like, I mean, we really like swap spit. I mean, that's what we call it, right? (laughs) Yeah. So we have to be super mindful about who we engage with. And how is that going to be for us? And can we talk about it? And you know, be especially the more sensitive you are. So if you're a very, very sensitive person, a very empathy person, you need to be very picky about who you're swapping energy with in this way. Make sure that you're swapping energy with somebody that is reverential and respectful and at least friendly, you know? Um, And if we can do some ritual around it, that's super good. If we can have parameters about it, if we can talk about it, if we can handle it with consciousness and respect and love, you know, I mean, it comes in all flavors. Even even casual sex, which is difficult for empaths, can be okay if it's handled with consciousness and skill. Yeah. Taisha Abelar, have you read the book, The Sorcerer's Crossing? No. She was one of the uh, contemporaries of Carlos Castaneda. learned from Don Juan as well. And so she talks about, as women in particular, we have to be careful about our sexual connections because from her perspective, every male partner who enters your body becomes a, and and I suppose this would also be true for men in gay relationships, Mm -hmm. uh, leaves behind a hook side of you that pulls energy from you. uh, In the second chakra. So, and their, their hooks are like track, I've seen trackers, you know, I've seen hooks, I've seen cords. So 
we exchange chords on every, on lots of levels with our lovers and they can be heart chords if we're they can be sexual chords can be mental chords or they can we can chord any but there's certain particular sexual hooks that happen and and actually as women or or gay men who are who are receiving body fluid from men we have to have the ability to transmute that energy because body fluids and sexual body fluids are very highly psychically charged that's why they're used in magic that's why they're used in ritual you know why blood and semen are so they're so powerful they have such energetic charge to them so when we're receiving that we have to be ideally we would be able to transmute the energy you know we bring in the goddess or we bring in this divine energy and we allow that higher light to transmute the energy that we're receiving now there's i don't know if they're true because i've seen different um, scientific disclaimers about this but now they're saying that we even absorb dna from all of our partners and that that dna can change us you know so that can change our evolutionary or or our epigenetics are the expression of our genes depending on who we are exchanging this energy with so i've read that as well yeah so i think there's 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 a lot going on here that we have to do I don't know if that answered your question, Kelly. But yeah, yeah. I just I wanted to 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 make people aware of that mm-hmm. and talk about it for a minute. So it's one of the things I do a lot with empaths when I do energy healings. It's frequent, common for me. And people come in, they're like, I can't stop thinking about my lover. You know, we broke up and it's cord removal. So that hook removal is very good to remove trackers. Not every partner puts a tracker in their partner. But there are certain types of people that do that. I think the warrior types of people. So if you're if you have like a lot of fighter ar- in archetype in you, you're likely to track your partners. Uh, they look like little dice. They're, when I see them in people's energy fields, installed in the second chakra, and they're the good thing about them is that when you're with somebody like that, they know where they'll they'll track you energetically. They'll know it's like a protective thing until it goes sideways, and then it's like a stalker thing. Yeah. Right. So one of the other things I've noticed with empaths, though, is that they tend to be codependent energetically, too. Mm-hmm. So like they'll mix energy fields. And, yeah. you know, I've, so I normal. Yeah, I had a, a friend of mine whose father was dying and his mother was declining as his father was dying. And I looked at her and I said, look, you have got to sieve your energy out of his field and sieve his energy out of your field. And because otherwise he's taking you over the, to the other side with him. I can, Mm. I'm watching it happen. Yeah. And she was conscious enough to be able to go, Oh yeah, we don't want that. And he was like, yeah, we don't want that. So they did do that, but she ended up with the exact same disease that he was dying of. And the statistics on that are like minuscule for that to be the case. It's so, so normal for empaths to do that because we're like the psychic sponges, you know, so we sponge and we merge. So we have this ability to merge unless we're trained otherwise. So a lot of the work that I do is to train people to not merge or only merge consciously and temporarily and unmerge. So when we go, we do the merge like that. We, I don't know where I stop and you begin, you know, like that's that, that, that's normal. And then because also of the sponge, we tend to absorb all this energy and often empaths learn when they're really little to absorb the family crap and process it through their energy field to calm everybody down in the family to sort of smooth things over. And it, it's like some, it's just an instinctual way that we, we are as empaths. That's why I love teaching empaths Reiki, because when they learn Reiki, they learn how to connect to this universal life force 
they're not using their own energy. We should never use our own energy to do that. We need to connect into these higher frequencies or this, this universal life force. And, and empaths that don't have training, what they do is they take that psychic and emotional energetic residue and we run it through one of the filtering systems in our body so that we ask our liver to cleanse it or our colon to cleanse it or our lungs to cleanse it and our skin or kidneys and bladder. And so we get a lot of wear and tear on those organs as we filter out all this goo we're picking up from other people. So empaths get sick. Yeah. You know, we get sick a lot until we learn otherwise. Yeah. Lisa, this has been really informative. Thank you so much. We could probably yeah. spend a whole nother episode on this, but we are getting a little short on time here. So people are going to have questions. They're going to want to find out more about you, what you're doing, about your podcast. Why don't you give folks a, a way that they can they can get more information about you? Sure. Thank you so much for asking. Um, my website is always a good place to start. So lisacampion.com. You can find a lot of stuff there. I have a YouTube channel that has a lot of videos. I have a Facebook group based on my book called my book is called the art of psychic reiki you can find it on amazon and my podcast is called the miracle of healing it's on empower radio um and you can also find all of that stuff on my website right. so i'd love you and i have a lot of free um resources and material on my website that's real that are, that's really designed for empaths and for people that are looking for psychic development so stop by and see me yeah you're blogging there i saw you got quite yep. a bit going on there yeah. Yeah. It's it's a rich environment. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Thank you. Awesome. And folks, if you've got any questions for Kelly or any thoughts or things you'd like to hear on a show, this has obviously been an excellent episode. If there's other things you want to learn about, send Kelly an email. You can send her an email at Kelly, K-E-L-L-E at KellySparta.com. And you can let her know what you're thinking about the show. And speaking of letting her know what you're thinking about the show, we want you to subscribe and rate spirit sherpa let kelly know what you think share it out there as well you talk about facebook and groups like that there's a ton of people who are finding their tribe this is a great way to share what people are listening to and clearly you guys reconnected via you know shared connections that we're finding pulling you guys back together which is pretty awesome yeah actually our our next two episodes are a result of people getting in touch with us from the listener base. Yeah. The, the next episode is actually a question that I got from somebody I'm, that I was like, I can't answer that in an email. I'm going to have to make that an entire episode on Spirit Sherpa, so <laughs> tune in. And the, the one after that, we're going to actually be answering a lot of the questions that we've been getting because we have had such great people on the podcast that we haven't had time to answer questions because we wanted to get as much as we possibly could out of people. And, and this has been another example of that today where we could literally talk for another hour if we knew, if we wanted to. And so uh, we're going to do a Q&A episode coming up as well. A bonus for those of you who are on the Patreon site at the hugs level or higher uh, is Lisa and I are going to stick around and, and have a reminiscence about one of the most, it was the single most magical uh, experience of a spontaneously created ritual that I have ever had in my entire life. And Lisa was actually the, the linchpin, the, the, uh, the catalyst that started the whole thing. And so we're going to tell that story and that'll be up as our bonus uh, content on Patreon. So uh, if you're interested in that story, sign up and, and subscribe. Awesome. 
and the mailing list, Kelly's mailing list. If you want to get some of the up-to-date information that Kelly has going on, make sure you go to kellysparta.com where you can get all kinds of information on what Kelly's doing, but also you can subscribe to the mailing list, sign up for energy scans. All of that stuff happens at kellysparta.com. Do either of you have anything you want to say to the folks listening before we wrap up? I want to say thank you. Thank you both so much for having me on your podcast. It's been fantastic. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about this. And it's been so fun. Yeah. And I'm super excited to see you again. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> me too. All right, folks, that's all that we have for this week, but be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta and Lisa Campion, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Spirit Sherpa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. That's Kelly at kellysparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to kellysparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions. And my love and my life and me. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.